Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. It's a Monday. It's a, it's a Monday after a glorious week of Bearcat basketball. It's a Monday after a glorious week of preparation for the NFL draft for Bearcat football players. It is a week of the weirdest NFL Pro Bowl type scenarios and games, I guess, that I've seen in quite a while, but a lot of it featuring Sauce Gardner, Bearcat. It is also a Monday where we have two more big-time basketball games coming up this week and plenty more to talk about. So it's time to bring in my guys, my pals, my, my gents who know much about the Cincinnati Bearcats. That's right. It is Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? Whoa. Doing Whoa. great. Whoa, Luke. Wait. Luke Whistle. <laughs> Luke, the initiation. coming out of the woodworks, I, I, I like it. He took the initiative. That, that's what we like to see. That's right. We are joined as well by Luke Wentz. So I'm going to have Aaron introduce you a little bit more. But Luke, how are we, man? Oh, doing great. Thank you all for having me on. Awesome. Appreciate awesome. you being here. Yeah. Aaron, how are we? Yeah, so I'm good. Uh, I was retweeting people as I am one to do with the hashtag Bearcats in the NFL and came across some of Luke's stuff. Luke shot me a follow. I followed him back. We got to talking, and uh, Luke was there covering the Senior Bowl down in Alabama this weekend. Uh, so we thought we'd have him on to talk about our three Bearcats who were there. He was even there last year with uh, Alec Pierce and Des Ritter. Maybe we can get into some of that. But uh, Luke, I mean, how was how was the weather down in Alabama this past weekend? You know, it was weird. The first day, I think I'm still peeling a little bit, if I'm being honest. I got sunburned like crazy. It was kind of hot. Sun's beating down on us. So we got some of that, you know, early Alabama heat. But then all of a sudden, Wednesday, I say, okay, I'm going to get ahead of it. It's going to be hot. I'm wearing shorts today. I'm going polo shirt with the, you know, short sleeves. And then it's just cold. And I totally, you know, was off on the weather. So I went from pants and wearing a jacket and just getting burnt up the first day. And then to a little colder, and then Thursday was kind of mild. We thought we were going to have rain. It held off long enough to get practice. So we saw the players in different environments from hot to cold. So the weather was kind of weird. Game day was perfect on Saturday, so we're grateful for that. Awesome. Uh, Tonk, thank you. Uh, welcome back. It's been a while since Tonk's been on the show, at least uh, commenting. Uh, but thank you for the donation. Uh, it says the only loop that hasn't broken his heart. Um as of course, as a hat tip to Luke Fickle, uh, but welcome, Luke. So talk about my hat. Well, no, I, I mean, Aaron, I was gonna say, like, you know, Tonk's talking about stuff that is broken. You know, Luke, you mentioned the weather kind of being like it was a little down. You know, you had to, you had to figure out different ways to to work through the adversity of of, of the weather. What maybe some days you have to work through the adversity of your car. Maybe your car is broken. Maybe you got to get get it figured out. You got to send it over to. Uh, Oh, wow. Look at that, Chad. What is that on your hat? Is that a Danco transmission and auto care hat? Wow. How about that? Chad, tell us a little bit more about Danco. Well, what Danco will do is if you go to Danco and you mention the BBP on your next visit, you get 10% off your next service or that service while you're there. So go visit our friends at Danco Transmission. They're in Fairfield on Route 4, just a little bit past, just right, basically right across from Jungle Gyms. And our guy, Danco Joe, will get you taken care of. He hit me up today. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm on the radio. He said, where are you going to be at 6 o'clock? I said, I'm going to be in the parking garage, leaving the radio station, 
He said, I'll meet you there. Wow. He gave me four hats. He gave me two beanies. Whoa. He gave me, stocked me up with gear for the crew, gear for the boys, if you will. Did he give you a headband? No, he didn't give me a headband for Aaron. Damn it. Dan Goferta, Joe. Hey, baby. Joe, you're probably watching. I'm guessing you're watching. If you're not watching, you'll watch soon. Aaron needs a Danco headband. He doesn't do hats like he used to. He's a headband guy now. And, I have a hat on tonight. And if you're out of the the, the headbands or don't have those, just take him to the uh, Mexican restaurant and just uh, that's about that's about all he'll need after that. Get a margarita <laughs> and a giant quesadilla. Giant. Yes. With all the fixings, all the fixings. I mean, well, so what? Speaking of giant and and all the fixings. Uh, Luke, you were able to, t- to take in a guy who uh, might not register as giant on the uh, the the height or the weight. I guess weight, he's looking fine, but heart is where he might be the biggest of a giant. Uh, that's, the, that's Ivan Pace. We got to dive right into it. Need to hear your thoughts, first off, of Ivan coming into this weekend. And then, of course, what you're able to take out as the week progressed and he continued to dominate. My thoughts on Ivan coming in, I had taken a glimpse at a lot of the players that were maybe top 200 rated guys or top 250, which is most everybody, looking through kind of some of their stats and just getting some basic background of if I were to interview somebody, I would know at least something about what I'm talking about. So I come in and I have this flyover view of Ivan Pace. I've seen a couple of clips on Twitter maybe. I say, okay, this is like a day three type of guy. He's somebody that I like the numbers, doesn't seem like there's much that he can't do at the collegiate level. So I was saying, okay, we'll just see how he competes and maybe he'll end up being somebody we care about because we came in, just for perspective, one of the reporters in the opening presser, a little breakout session after, asked Jim Nagy, they said, hey, Jim, we know O-line, D-line are probably the strongest spots, but what's the thinnest? And it was linebacker is what he said, and it got – maybe even thinner throughout the week as a lot of positions tend to do at the senior bowl. So that pace we knew was going to have a lot of opportunity for reps. So coming in, that was the thing of, okay, he's going to have his shot this week and he sure took advantage. There you go. So I I did want to get to the fact that you are a commentator for ESPN plus, and you are the owner of Winston media, uh, which is why we, we're able to take you at your word for being down there and all of that. Um, but, you know, you were there also looking at a couple of receivers. So what were your takeaways as um, we, you saw Josh Wiley and you saw Trey Tucker down in Alabama? Yeah, Trey Tucker was a fun one to watch. He's one that coming in, again, the first impression, wow, he is really small comparatively. Like he's running out of the tunnel and then, some of the guys behind him were like Dewan Jones and some of those that are six foot eight. So it was coming out and saying, wow, you know, he stood out because of not being very big and going through the drills of receiver, we saw some quickness. And then one of the things that was impressive throughout the week was his ability, whether he was slot or boundary to get open, to work the sidelines, to show that, you know, in the NFL, because of his size, they might pigeonhole him into more of a slot position that might be really where he gets his reps, but to see his versatility and the different drills of being able to go one-on-one with a corner and run a fade or run some of those routes on the boundary, 
and still be able to win, I thought was impressive. Then last, I mean, we'll wrap it up with Josh and then we'll dive in a little bit further. But uh, I mean, Josh is someone that Ryan actually was, you know, what Ryan did you, you took in how many, uh, how many hits did you plant Josh on his, on his keister on his behind? Every time, every time they'd run the, the, the Y, the Y crosser over for the counter plays, I'd sniff it out. Like it was nothing. I just level Wiley into the ground every time. So. <laughs> Don't let don't let his senior bowl tape fool you, man. He can still get got. And then you'd pump it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Josh, Josh, I remember when he first came, um, blocking was his struggle. And then just watching him develop, grow into his frame even more, but still remain athletic, man. He's gonna be a force to uh, watch out for in the NFL. I'm super pumped for him. Yeah, and I will say I don't know if this was a thought or if this is just how these guys are personality wise, but it seemed like really all three of them had a message that they wanted to deliver to media or deliver on that side of things. Because I ended up talking with a few other reporters about Ivan Pace and also about Wiley. And we had heard similar messages in the interview, almost whether we'd asked the same question or not. And the message with Pace was, you know, he's the type of guy, my first impression of talking with him we did an interview at the media breakfast, so a little more relaxed environment. And said, Ivan, what do we need to know about you? What do these scouts need to know about you? He just looks me dead in the eyes, smiling, saying, don't worry about my height. You can't care about my height. He's like, you got to look at me as a player. And that was his message. He told, I think, four different reporters I talked to, like almost word for word. And the thing with Wiley, there was his message was he is, I believe he said 260 now. And he's at that weight and he feels like he's a better blocker at that weight. So that was a, a thing that we heard multiple times out of him, Ryan. And then his athleticism, what? His, his, his athleticism <laughs> and his. And Go his, ahead, Ryan. Who is the guy cutting wood in the background? <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, dude. It's chopping wood. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> the fire's gone. The fire, the fire expired. Now there's somebody just. Greg Schiano is in your living room. Hey. <laughs> yeah, keep chopping, sure baby. Got on that channel now. Keep chopping. I like it. It's fantastic. Royer has the attention span of like a mouse. So uh, okay, you have, you have to understand any little thing. Royer will take us off on a tangent. That's why we love him. Fair enough. I mean, I Did could you know, put it on the Coral Reef channel if you want. We got a few good ones no, we're, here. The fire's oh, back. back. The fire's fire back. back. He just had to chop more wood, wood for the, the fire. We're ready. good. Yep. Now the wood. <laughs> got the wood. Now, now. Did you know Ryan Royer, Ryan Royer was Mr. Bearcat his senior year? He was no. actually invited to the Senior Bowl, uh, but he got a job as an engineer, uh, so he had to retire from football. I told uh, Nagy. He had a brief Heisman campaign uh, uh, championed by Luke Fickle. I said, Nagy, thanks, but no thanks. I got bigger fish to fry. So I delightfully declined my invite to the senior bowl. (laughs) So, Luke, tell us how you got involved with going to the senior bowl. I know that it's it's one of – for a lot of people, it's one of their favorite kind of events to attend because it's more of a – I'm sure we see the practices and we see, you know, the game itself, but uh, it's, it's a lot more of what happens when the cameras aren't 
on the action. You know, is that is that something that really kind of drew you to it? Kind of the uh, interactions that you can get with the players off the field and with other reporters and, and other media members as well? Absolutely. We look on the field and the talent level is high. There's, you know, probably going to be about 70, 75 guys drafted from this group and that's being conservative. So that's definitely attractive. That's worth a trip. But when you look at who else is there, it's a networking, it's a who's who of the big names. It's a spot to be able to hang out and, you know, get to see people like Sean Alexander and Ozzie Newsom that I got to talk with. And then, uh, you know, Ian Rappaport's there and the NFL Network crew and some of those guys. So really everybody that somebody is there. And if you want to be somebody, that's the place to go do it. Um, so Josh goes in at 260 and we've not seen him at 260. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious to see like what your takeaways were in as far as his running routes at 260 were like, we know how open he can get on the fade route, especially. Um, but, but how crisp was he moving at 260? I think in terms of the movement, it was okay. The thing that was more impressive to me than, the thing I noted with him more than separation was the making tough catches. They did a lot of like tight end versus safety type of work. So he's matching up against Chris Smith from Georgia, for example, and he's winning those battles or drawing a PI consistently. So those are the things that to me, I didn't really see a ton of the crazy separation or some of those plays that y'all might be used to from him at the college level. But I saw him using that length to go up, get balls, secure things. So when he was playing safeties, it was a lot of mismatches in his favor that he took advantage of. Man, that's so frustrating. Yeah, he's good. So the uh, the game itself, Ivan kind of took over on, on, on the defensive side and had one play that you were able to, to, to get a couple of nice pictures up on your uh, on your Twitter. I can you can you map out that play for us and kind of how talented those players are that Ivan kind of put in their spot and and how that kind of shows you know what even if he's under six foot he can still blow up two dudes that are supposed to be uh some pretty bona fide nfl players absolutely you look at what pace was doing there's a handoff coming around the right side he's lined up linebacker and osiris torrance who's got some first round buzz coming out of florida if he doesn't go first round he's early second so we're talking about a top 50 player in the class for sure and his ability to come in and, you know, Torrance is somewhere around, I think he came in at six foot 4.7, something like that. And he's a big dude compared to Ivan, especially. So Torrance is coming around and for Ivan to just come in and it almost seemed like he casually blew up the play. It, it wasn't like he was trying to, you know, drive some bags over. It was Ivan coming over and almost finishing with a flourish. You saw one of the photos, his hands out like this and, Ivan's ability to not just read that play and react to it, but to go straight in, bang the lineman, and then you've got Oklahoma's running back coming right behind him and knocks Torrance into the running back, which is enough to completely end the play. That was one of the most impressive plays that we saw in that entire senior bowl from a defensive player. Ryan, did you see that at all, that play? I did, yep. That's his textbook. Put, the guy, put your blocker right in the back. You don't have to do anything else. We saw Cook do that too, uh, obviously a couple years ago, but still Brian Cook from Cincy. So, it, you know, you were at the Senior Bowl last year as well. Um, 
are you starting to see an influx of Cincinnati talent there? Obviously, you you were able to, to catch up with all three that were there this year, and then there were a handful, obviously, that were there last year. Um, kind of what uh, what what can you see, kind of as your pedigree of of Georgia and Clemson, you know, that you're kind of covering now. Now all of a sudden, you're seeing Cincinnati fresh in the Big Twelve. And are how are you seeing these players that they bring to the Senior Bowl recently stack up? It's been really interesting to watch, and I think the respect towards the Cincinnati program is really growing nationally because you look at some reporters that I've talked to, they're saying, you know, a few years ago we weren't covering Cincinnati, but now to interview Ivan Pace even before some of these more, you know, viral moments or these kinds of situations, people are lining up. I mean, I had to wait for two other reporters to interview him just to get to him, and I think in the past – unless it was, you know, one of the larger prospects that Cincinnati's had, you weren't seeing that with this level. So seeing that, seeing Desmond Ritter last year, I mean, we're lined up to get exclusives with him, with him being a top quarterback at the Senior Bowl. And even talking about things, I remember last year, the accuracy and the placement of the front foot was such a big deal. And with him going to Atlanta, you know, getting to see him start to try to progress into his NFL career. And Alec Pierce as well, as a receiver, we saw what he could do. And he was one that I think really makes a good name for some of those Cincinnati types of players of he generated some buzz heading into the draft through the senior bowl and that process, but he didn't just live up to it. I think in some ways he really exceeded it. So Pierce and some of those guys, not just making it to the league, but going on and becoming those big names is really, uh, you know, turning heads. When we see Cincinnati players, it means more now. Yeah, I mean, Sauce has taken over the NFL by storm um, yeah. with with a single name like no one has done in a very long time. Um, so you mentioned that you did talk with Alec Pierce and with Des last year. What were some of your takeaways in interviewing them and, and what you felt about them before they even got to the draft itself? Yes. So last year they were still under a lot of COVID protocols with interviewing, so we weren't able to be as – up close and personal as we were this year. So it was a little social distance. So from what, as much as we can gather from that with Ritter, he was very ready to answer a lot of questions about some of the, the flaws in his game at the time that people saw, especially, you know, people were asking about film from that Alabama game of breaking down certain things. So with Ritter last year, again, a lot of it had to do with you know, the accuracy, the consistency, what are you hearing from these NFL teams? Because at this point a year ago, we weren't sure if he was a first rounder or a day two pick or really quite where he fell. So that was one of the first chances we got to gauge. And I remember with Ritter, one thing that was good at the beginning, had a couple of throws on day one that were kind of head scratchers of that. That didn't look like the guy that we saw in college or that wasn't quite the throw for the next level, but then day two, a little bit better. I think that was the rain day and day three, he was, you know, even sharper from what I remember. So his ability to progress throughout the week was something that really helped him move in that draft and Pierce as well. Somebody that just wasn't the type of guy like this year, we saw tank Dell from Houston, just burning people on routes, 10 yards of separation. Didn't see that level from Pierce, but we did see him be very consistent throughout the week, and that was something that made a really good impression on people. So, what's your uh, what's your what's your intel? What's your thought? Obviously, Des finished the final four four games. You live in the Atlanta area. What's the pulse down there I, on uh, 
Dez getting getting handed the keys of the car next next year, or uh, what are what are your projections, your ideas? Yeah, the pulse down here is that it's a four game sample. So either way, if you react too heavily, I think you're a little too strong on the emotion there. So we saw the first games like 97 yards, not great, but then the ability throughout the year to help the team pick up a couple of wins and show that. You know, this offense that has a really good run game, so Ritter's mm-hmm. protected a little bit there, has, you know, some potential to move up. So for the Falcons, one of the things that they look at now with draft position because of some of the work that Ritter did, at eight, your top three quarterbacks probably are off the board there. So there's not maybe a rush unless they want to trade up to go get somebody. So I think we're looking at – Ritter getting more opportunity going forward because, again, four games, you can't really break down a guy on that or make a call. So I think there's going to be more opportunity for Ritter unless there's some kind of a trade. Okay. Now, were you covering Georgia when they played in the Peach Bowl against Cincinnati? I did not get to cover Georgia in that game, no. Okay, but as a fan, I'm sure you were watching. Definitely watching. That's one game that you can't miss. I remember, you know, Jack Podlesny, the man who made the kicker, I hate to bring up a sore memory, but he was at the senior bowl and that was a question that we did talk about. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. I know. You're out. You're out. All right, this is great, Luke. See you later. I was just going to say Ryan was actually at that game as well in uniform. So yeah. Breaking uh, was... my goddamn heart. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! You remember the crazy guy on the sidelines with all his the paint on his face? Oh, that, was, that, was, that, was, that, that was just last year. <laughs> that was only fifth year, man. Not fourth. You weren't painted up on. for for the sugar or for the peach bowl. No, no. The but if you, paint, if you look him up, only. There's a nice gif of you on uh, on Twitter <laughs> running out though. Oh, uh, from, from, from the peach bowl, Ryan. So. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, not me in the game, just you know, running around before. <laughs> just, yeah, just running out. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan field, did get know. a make a wish block punt in his career. <laughs> the the whole team, the ECU, just kind of all just fell on the ground. I went up, blocked the punt. Everyone cheered. It was great. Perfect. <laughs> there, we go. there we go. So, uh, so the next step for everyone that went to the to, to the Senior Bowl, obviously, would most likely be the combine. So. Do you see, you know, now that you've kind of gotten the measurements and, and look at some of these players, what do you think they need to do to kind of turn heads a little bit more, even at the combine, you know, whether it be speed of Trey Tucker, whether it be, you know, the, the tangibles that outside of just size that Ivan brings, then, you know, maybe even other prospects from Cincinnati, if you've been able to kind of give a little bit of look or thought on them as well. Gotcha. So in terms of this is where it gets tough for Ivan. It's like, what more can he really prove? I mean, a hundred plus tackle season, the tape's good. You turn on senior bowl tape. They, someone had mentioned to him, I think it maybe was one of the coaches that they didn't think he could cover. And that became Mm -hmm. a big deal for Ivan. So they did senior bowl. They do these drills, running back versus linebacker. And of course they do pass rush and they do coverage. And Ivan throughout the week got better, but day three really in coverage was fairly locked down. And seeing some of those things of every time they seem to tell him that he can't do something or he isn't cut out for this, 
It's like, what, what more can he prove at this point? I think he's shown a lot. So I think continuing to show the instincts to show that he's got the high football IQ, we already know that, but just continuing to put more out there on that, I think is good. But for Trey, the speed, I'll be just fascinated to see where he lands on that scale because for someone that comes in around that five, seven range, give or take an inch is, you know, they're looking for that. So where's Trey going to be in speed? I think his route running is solid. If he can get a little crisper, then the more the merrier. And for Wiley as well, I'd be curious to see the strength numbers and where he weighs in there at the combine as well to see around 260. How does he, you know, stick in the NFL? He showed some good blocking reps this week. So continuing to do that and then getting to see him work with some more different quarterbacks. And quite frankly, I'm excited to see him catch passes from a better group of quarterbacks being totally honest. So I, that's one thing I'd look forward to. Yeah. That, that one pass to Trey, it looked like he could, uh, if it was a little bit further in front of him, he probably would have been able to turn that one up for some extra, but yeah. Yeah. That goes for Trey too. Hey, the quarterback group at the senior bowl was, you know, there were some guys that, Hey, this is a great fifth round pick, but it's mm-hmm. like, all right. You know, these guys deserve a little better at receiver. Yeah. Brent, I told Chad the night that we did the, uh, the nightcap talking about the senior bowl, um, I, I wish that Trey and, and Josh both had played on the American team as opposed to the national team where they threw the ball 43 times as opposed to 24 times. I mean, just slinging it everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Would have been nice. Would have been nice. Yeah. That, um, yeah. What, what do you think it does for Trey? If he, I believe he topped out at Cincinnati at, uh, what, 429, Um If he's able to run something like that, what do you think that's going to do for his – draft stock yeah I think Trey is really the question for him to me looks like a day three guy it's a matter of where in day three are we looking at so the speed moves him up you know towards round four round five they've got at the senior bowl here I'm checking this out for you they've got this zebra technology that looks at their top miles per hour and Trey Tucker hit a 20.24 mile per hour top speed at the senior bowl so he was one of those 10 or so 11 guys that were able to be above that threshold. So for him to continue to separate, you know, I like the stuff they do at the zebra, you know, in game speed, because we can look at a 40, but when we see a guy hit, you know, like Riley Moss, the corner from Iowa hit 20.5 or 21.55 in game and seeing that of like, okay, when the ball's in play, these guys turn it on. So Trey's a 20 plus and, Prove that at the senior bowl. So continuing on those numbers, I think will push him maybe somewhere towards the fifth round. No surprise there. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing groundbreaking on that one. No, not at all. Aaron, you got anything else? No, I mean, we, we broached the, uh, the peach bowl that we don't like to talk about. We, we talked a little bit of Falcons and uh, we, we got to the guys that were there last year at the senior bowl. And, and they're again, this year at the senior bowl, unfortunate that guys like sauce guys like uh, Tyler Scott aren't able to do anything in any type of bowl game because they're not seniors uh, technically, but um, you know, it just is what it is, but no, just excited that the Bearcats continue to make a name for themselves in these types of situations. And uh, yeah, happy to have somebody here to talk about it. Yeah. And one thing Trey mentioned is one thing Trey mentioned as well that was interesting just to drop this in. He talked about how in practice his battles with Sauce Gardner around sophomore year for him 
he actually had a couple of wins and that really built his confidence. And, you know, the way he said it when we're on camera, he's like, I'm not going to tell you who won, but I think you know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> Trey was a funny guy in that way. And he was talking about, you know, him and Sauce used to really go at it and their competitive level, competitiveness could kind of go toe for toe. And those guys are, you know, some that really used the, you know, iron to sharpen iron in a way. So that was one with, Trey, that we look at, okay, Cincinnati, he's battle-tested. He's been against this guy in practice. So that was a positive note as well. Yeah, I mean, the the battles between Alec Pierce and Sauce were unbelievable as well. And, uh, yeah, Kobe Bryant too, Brian Cook yeah. as well. Arquan Bush, another guy looking to get drafted this year. So, yeah, those those in-game battles are pretty uh, – in practice battles, I guess, were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty awesome to watch. But, Luke, you want to tell everyone else a little bit more about you – Kind of, you know, how everyone can follow you and and keep up with you because I know you're a uh, your budding name in the industry. So thank you. Go go ahead and let the uh, Bearcat faithful know a little bit more about you. For sure. Well, there's not too many Luke Winstills out there, so I'm lucky. My social media handle is just my name. It's at Luke Winstill. And uh, overall, I go around, travel around, do some broadcast work for ESPN Plus, covering some Southern Conference, smaller Division One type schools. Cover the high school recruiting circuit in the South all the way up to NFL draft and the talent acquisition processes around college football for some various outlets. So it's definitely a lot of fun, get to see a lot of good things and get to talk to a lot of interesting people, especially, you know, around here, around Georgia and Alabama in this area. There we go. There we go, man. I, you know what, now we just can't wait to get into the big 12, see what the Bearcats do with that, uh, with that vaunted P5 next to their name. But uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens next. Aaron, you want to go ahead and, and say goodbye to Luke and get us out? No, thank you. And uh, if the Bearcats are good, uh, good enough next year to have some more guys, that we have no idea what we have for next year. So we'll, we'll mm -hmm. see. But if we're good enough to have any guys there, uh, we'll, I'll reach out again and, and we'll, we'll have you on. But uh, thanks again for your time tonight. We appreciate it, Luke. That'd be great. Thank you for your time, y'all. Have a good one. What a chance, Luke. Luke. Thanks, brother. All right. Thanks, thank Luke. You. See you, man. Luke Winstall, the man. You know, I've heard really good things about uh, going to the Senior Bowl and how kind of fun it is. I, I'm trying to remember what it, what it seems like. Just, just kind of where everyone hangs out in a in a you know big hotel lobby type setting and just kick back and and meet people and it, it's more about the interactions, like I was saying, off the camera than it is what you're really putting on tape because. We've got four years of tape to go on from that. So, Deanna, happy, birthday. happy birthday! The big four zero, spending it with the BBP. How about that? I love it. <laughs> For five dollars, Ryan Royer will sing you Happy Birthday. Okay. <laughs> you, you you did it! Congratulations! <laughs> what hit hit the the four zero? Yep. Oh, congrats! You want to put a timestamp on that one there? Sure thing. Go ahead, Aaron. I just, <laughs> just, just typed timestamp. Quick Paper Dad. Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products, Quick Paper Services. Over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. 
They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. That's our time with Luke Winstall. So, uh, guys, I guess kind of just a broad overview. We're, we'll, we'll try and wrap up football as a whole. Uh, first off, did you guys watch the, the Pro Bowl at all? This uh, this weekend? No, I will not be wasting my time with that garbage. Man, you know, I like on a Sunday after I have a long Saturday, it's like just throw on ESPN and just let it slowly, you know, take me into Monday. Man, I I have no idea what that even was. The whole thing was just kind of strange, but flag football. No, way more than flag football. They were doing like a thousand different things, but. Anyway, uh, a bunch of Sauce Gardner coverage, a bunch of, you know, mentions here and there, Sauce. And then, of course, got the Super Bowl coming up with more Bearcat mentions, had the Senior Bowl, had the Shrine Game, uh, all these different mentions of Cincinnati. And to me, I loved how the, the new staff went down to the Senior Bowl, caught up with all the, you know, Bearcats that were down there. They're kind of owning this whole – and even what, the new – Chad, was was it the new blast for 2024? You can start reaching out to them. Is that just recently happened? And, you know, they're they're diving into the whole sauce, you know, attack and approach to, to recruiting there. It's just it's awesome seeing the old the, – the new staff dive into what is kind of right there in front of them and what's fresh and what's uh, new and available that's currently making their way to the NFL. Aaron, what do you think? Well, I don't, I don't, I didn't love the graphic, the, the, I don't, I, I thought it was a reach with the two, four and sauce and all that. I, I thought it was, I didn't quite understand. Rumble, 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 yell at cloud. I wasn't going to give my opinion, but he asked me, I was oh. going to stay quiet on it. Aaron's angry tonight. He had a rough day. It looked like it said too uh, what it too much for sauce. I thought it said too much for sauce. That's what I thought. And apparently I was told I was old and didn't understand. Yeah, a little it's accurate. It's fine. Using the four as an A. Uh I mean Ryan, what do you think about that look? I I like it. I, I like the big twelve logo down there. The S it's cool. It was a cool little it's it's definitely a rebrand, that's for sure. I wasn't really ex- not something I'm used to, but you know, you got to have your own thing. You got to have your own image moving forward, your own style. So I'm excited to see what more they come up with a new slogan every year for every recruiting class. You know, UC's mm-hmm. used hometown heroes and a couple others. This is just what this staff is using for 2024. It is, I mean, it's not something I put too much stock in. Right. Nobody's picking UC because they. Or not picking UC on the strength of their recruiting slogan for 2024. I I mean they're just capturing the the hot name as well, which is good to kind of do that as well. But uh, I don't know. I I guess I'm fine with it. It mentions the 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 hot name that's out there, and oh, Aaron's got it pulled up right here. 24. Too much sauce. The more I think about it, I think it's honestly terrible. If you want me to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> too much too much sauce. I don't want to shit on the new crew, but that's I think it's dumb. <laughs> I'll be honest. Too much sauce. 
Apparently, there's I don't want to think about uh, sauce and fo- like sauce and football. I just they don't go with me. Like too much sauce. I get too like, much. Let's, sauce. let's get yeah. some saucy there's, players. Like that just sounds dumb. <laughs> there's a new song. Uh, too much sauce. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But not a new song. It's, uh, too much sauce. Too much sauce. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that. But I more just kind of <laughs> wow. Oh Whoa. wow. Did, did Joe drive all the way to your house? That's why you've been off camera this whole time? He didn't. No, he drove all the way to the radio station. I already told that story. Uh, well, I know, but I didn't know if you like dropped, drove by and said, put the beanie on now. No, Aaron doesn't like when there's five people in a shot. So I just, it, I let him ask questions today and I dropped out because it, it messes with his OCD uh, when there's five people in a shot. The aesthetic. So, just everyone, the everyone's aesthetic. screen gets smaller and it. Because they're old, Tonk. Because they're old. Even though Ryan's young, he's old. I'm closer to 40 than 30, Tonk. Tonk, I was just singing it. Anyway, Ryan, so when you uh, chat with your buddies, your pals that go through this draft process, kind of what is – I'm sure they each have a different approach to it. They each kind of have a different feeling about it. But what's kind of their overall view? Is it kind of time to put the head down and, and work on – getting my full-time job or is it kind of more, I want to prove everyone wrong or is it kind of a different case for each person from what you've been able to gather? It seems to be, it's kind of, it always comes down to like being the best them, you know, kind of like there are like, I know there, there are some cases where guys have been kind of like, Oh, I feel like I got kind of like looked over or picked over type stuff. But at the end of the day, it's kind of, I think it's like an excitement. It's like a time. It's like now it's all football all the time. I can go lock in and, have nothing else to worry about in my life except this. And I was always like super, super jealous of that. I thought it was fun because it's like I go to work nine to five now. It's like when you think about it, oh, I'd be training football like nine to five. And that's like what they get to do. I think they really enjoy it. And it's something they really look forward to. No school, no classes. Um, Cause let's be honest, no one wants to be doing all that, especially when you got NFL talent. All you're thinking about is that is getting the NFL when you're finally there. I think it's just guys are just ready to go and just get better. Yeah, no, I I think about that quite a lot. Just kind of, you know, if I put all the uh, the hours I put towards work to something else, you know, you know what? Maybe I could hone a craft and become really good at that. But you know, different different life for a different time. But yeah, I I'm always interested to see because you know it, it sounded like Ivan's kind of taking that approach of like, you know, he's, I'm doubted. I need to prove everyone wrong. You know, and what, and it might be Alec who kind of had the approach of like, I know what I can do. It, I'm, it's time to lock in and and get prepared for this next step. And you know, I'm I'm sure kind of the same for for Josh. And then you know, Trey also is running into that kind of height and and size predicament. But he's like, I'm faster than everyone. I've gone up against a lot of people. So kind of excited to see how that all uh, all pans out from here on out. So that's good. And anything else football wise? Got got the Super Bowl coming up. Do we have? Super Bowl predictions. We want that now. We we, uh, we going to. Well, we're not going to be on until after the Super Bowl. So. Right. Quick, quick bet, Fred, and and we'll wrap up football and talk about this blazing hot basketball team. Kelsey wins. Oh, wow, wow. A Kelsey brother will be crowned champion. I got Kelsey Eagles. Brother. I got Eagles. Okay. I was leaning Eagles. Did you know the Eagles have never beaten the Chiefs in the, like since Andy Reid left? 
Andy yeah. Reid's undefeated against his old team when he's in Kansas City. <laughs> so, that, I mean, the Eagles obviously are a bit that like they've they've evolved a lot over the past couple of years, and and they're a much different team now. Mm-hmm. Um, the question being, like, how is Mahomes' ankle? Because that Eagles defense, their front seven get after the quarterback. And Mahomes having to, like, the Bengals didn't get after him enough. They didn't move him enough. The Eagles are going to move him. So how much do the two extra weeks factor in to Mahomes being able to escape the pocket a little bit? Um, I think I'm going with uh, Kansas City. Chad, you you bring up a good point. It's like, you know, hobbled Mahomes. Why not send the house a lot, but I guess it opens up the ability for him to find open receivers and whatnot. But still, it's like if you can't really move too much, then why does it matter? But yeah, but um, the Eagles really don't send a lot of heat. They're just really no. good with <laughs> their front four. Yeah, getting after the quarterback. So I think that's going to be an issue for Mahomes. But man, I don't know. Like that's going to be good for Kelsey. Made, yeah, the way he made plays, just the dude is so impressive. With, with his ability to to find a way to get the ball out and and find somebody that that's making a play for his team, um, I hate him. Okay, <laughs> good input. Same. Thanks. Plain and simple. I mean, you I'm can a, hate him. He's awesome hater. at football. This weather, I hate it. <laughs> hater. Aaron, man. what do you think about puppies? Fuck puppies. <laughs> That one fuck, barked at me. I hate him. Steak, fuck puppies, fuck Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Put it up. Print the shirt. Print the shirt. Just hate. And and we can use the A as, as like a thing and then it'll go Aaron down. Like <laughs> down below, Aaron. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's but, called uh, an acronym. Not not necessarily because we're not going to do one for H or the T or the E. So just the A. Just the A. It's like a crossword <laughs> puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could do hates with an S. People, it was so Smith, stupid. Smith <laughs> down on the S. Smith, uh, yeah, yeah, that works. Um, <laughs> hates puppies with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, oh, good one, Lambig. Aaron, your quick, uh, your quick prediction. Throw it out there. Go, go Eagles. That's okay. my quick prediction. All right. Are you going to watch? No. I don't care no. about the Super Bowl in any way, shape, or form. I've yeah, checked so out. so fascinating. Like, gonna how, watch? Many, how many Super Bowls have you not watched? Uh, There's been a couple. What, what have I you just, done? I just <laughs> check out. I played video games or not watch the Super Bowl. What you play? Uh, 2K, Madden. Sports guy. Yeah. Nice. Rory Potter's going to get you in the game with the Blanco and (laughs) little Todd, little Call of Duty. You don't want to get in the game with the Blanco. He'll make you have no fun. I don't want any part of any of that. I hate What about the commercials and Bad Girl Riri at half? They've been been terrible the last couple years, too. The the commercials have been horrendous the last couple of years. Aaron hates Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> Rihanna. He hates Rihanna. Yeah. I don't That's know. criminal. That's rough. Um, 
it's all available the next day if it's any good to watch. Super Bowl commercials actually don't they, they don't even hold them for the Super Bowl anymore. They're all mostly out already. And we got the boy Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem. You got the over or the under, right? I haven't thought about it yet. I know he he's got some soul to him, so he might go over. <laughs> Too much hate. <laughs> yeah. I agree. A little a little soul to take you over. <laughs> See, this is our job when you're when you're cranky like this, Aaron. We got to get you to laugh and like light, lighten up. You've had a rough day. It's the job of the commenters to uh, to, to to brighten your mood. I don't hate them. Yes, you There's do sometimes. Jeez. So the hate <laughs> the hate's all for us three. I don't. Right. I don't hate. I don't hate anybody. I am. Going... Go ahead. Go right. I'm just saying. I'm doing. I'm doing parlay fifty bucks. Ready. Over national anthem, okay, and opening kickoff touchback. Okay, what do you think we're hit? What How do you think that is? Pay? Plus, that's got to be like plus 300. So, you think, but on the national anthem, one of them will be like pretty drastic one way. It's like, like last year, the over was like minus 300, really, which means, which means someone like. Oh, they go to the rehearsal and the word out, you know. Yeah. And then and then the unders this amount. And then so you're like, do I just bet the under to just you know take it? (laughs) But I'll let you know what my sources say. I I normally have a decent source when it comes to We need we need to get Katzowitz, Josh Katzowitz. Josh Katzowitz uh used to cover the Bearcats. He actually worked for uh for Bearcat Layer, the old the old version of what is now Bearcat Journal. And he used to time every national anthem at every sporting event he covered. Okay. And he had a notebook that was just strictly for the, I don't know, the data, data points, I guess. Maybe it started, we'd have to get him on and ask him. Maybe it started from like, uh, like the Super uh, Bowl prop bet or something. I got but, another idea, but. Yeah. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't even want to Why, know. did you have any, uh. Any like routine that you did during the national anthem, or was it kind of just? <laughs> no, I, not. I mean, well, we were, we weren't. You were just setting me up for for a a, a dumbass answer. But Trying we to get Royer canceled. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, normally, like, like said, we, we weren't, weren't out there for it. Oh yeah, true, true. I mean, I got a funny after. story regarding the national anthem about my my buddy in high school. He, uh, it was like his first time starting varsity. And he just pissed his pants during the national anthem. <laughs> just, just like he and then he went saw, out there and played a full football game in his own piss. He saw what's his name? He saw No Sean Moreno cry. You know that one time, and then he was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the tears. The tears just didn't come out of the eyes. They came, yeah, came out of the nether region. That Moreno cry. They, they squirted from his face. I've never seen anything like that. That's insane. It was wild." Very well, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's bet Fred talk for you for the Super Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl featuring Brian Cook. Is that what we're gonna call it? Probably, I mean, I mean also starring, also starring Brian Cook, also star, yeah, yeah, also yeah. starring. I like starring it. Jason Kelsey, Travis hey. Kelsey, also starring Brian Cook, and well, and also, Chad, they took your idea of getting Mr. Kelsey and Mrs. Kelsey off. Now I know why Jason didn't respond. He's like, he well, didn't that's want, a good idea. 
No, they've been that's been in the works all year. The people have wanted have wanted Ed and, and Donna on the on the new heights. And this was the perfect week. I'm about halfway through the mom interview, okay. and it is hilarious. Like hilarious. Are are bagel bites so funny? That's the question. Uh no. Why would bagel bites be vegetables? It was. Yeah, it's so funny. They keep asking who she wants to win, and she says orphans. And then they're like, well, I would save you if you and dad or you're rallying on a boat. <laughs> That's the New Heights recap from Kelsey. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. You want to do that every week? You want to come in and recap what happens <laughs> on New Heights? Yeah. Okay. My baby daddy. <laughs> Get out. My baby daddy. Travis Kelsey's my baby daddy. <laughs> oh, can we strike that from the record? Yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, this was a way better graphic that the yes. football team put out. Yeah. Look fun. at Trav with the with the with the flowing locks. That'll get that man a headband. Oh or, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Those are some serious lobby claws the boys got flowing right now. Oh yeah, baby. I think like they I, one of my favorites last week was them joking around about how thick their their eyelashes were so thick that in all the pictures the sun doesn't actually make it to their eyes. I think they they have permanent sunglasses because their eyebrows are so thick. I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's uh that's talking football, talking Super Bowl talking Kelsey Bowl on uh, the BBC. Yeah, yeah, G Mac, that was weird. She's grounded for a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was the first and last New Heights recap. With <laughs> yeah, <Kelsey>. <laughs> we tried it out. Segment didn't work. It's been. I was been not 86. expecting that. That <laughs> I stepped away from my computer, but I had my I had my headphones in. <laughs> I was right. like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> Oh, Christ. Well, that's the quick paper supply timestamp. <laughs> Again, unfortunate location for quick paper supply. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was it last week when you dropped? What did we say? I don't even remember. It was so bad, thing. I don't even remember. Something. Uh, it's probably uh, I remember the mini corn dog party. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy. Okay. <laughs> Quick paper supply <laughs> produces products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Very good. Thank you. Quick paper supply for your timestamps. Uh, guys, basketball, the basketball team, your Cincinnati Bearcats went two and zero this past week with, with a really, really strong win over Tulsa. And then another equally strong win over UCF, the central Florida golden Knights. And it was, uh, one where they were up 16 in the second half at one point, UCF clawed their way back. Taylor Hendricks on, on the Knights is a, uh, definite NBA prospect. He kind of showed that towards the latter half and. You know, it, sure, you can point out the, the now five-game losing streak that UCF is on, but they're a good team. And when the, 
when a good team needs to hone in and come together and try and you know work their way back in, they're gonna they're gonna do what they can and they went on a run. But that's when Cincinnati didn't back down, they didn't cower, they stood up and they came out with a victory, 73 to 64. That is also a cover. Uh, but aside from that, it almost wasn't a cover. It was very close. It to was a millimeter away from not a cover. Tell, yeah. tell Royer your bet that lost. Ah, man. Our our good friend Landers Nolly, he, uh, yeah, phenomenal game. And, and he's having a great stretch run. But his dunk there at the end, that miss. I don't know if you watched the entire game, Brian, but uh, I turned it off. He had 17 points, three rebounds, three assists, 23 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combined. Did not quite get the dunk to take the over, but hey, you know, here we are. Damn. But he makes the dunk, Brent hits the over. But but the team, the team as a whole, team as a whole, back to back big wins. And that's what you're supposed to do when you want to take that next step towards uh, development and progression. Uh, Ryan, I got to pass it down to you because you, because the first thing you said when you popped on air pre show was, How about that basketball team? A couple of good wins this past week. Kind of what are you seeing? Is is this? I'm getting advised of a team that that's finding their stride towards yep. the latter portion of the season. Well, because we saw just how how well they played for large parts of the Houston game, like a game they should have won, mm-hmm. and they were doing. They seemed to correct everything we were complaining about the week before, and like how the hell did they still lose? But they seemed to like figure out those minor adjustments that they needed to figure out for Houston and carry them right into Tulsa put an ass whipping on him. Davenport stepping up huge first time all season needed that. And then right. At, I think they're just carrying the momentum right into UCF. Like you said, a good UCF team, they might be struggling, but I think the Bearcats are just hitting their stride right when they needed to. And I was, I was saying we needed to win three out of those four. We had four tough games in a row and they're putting themselves right in position to do that coming up with Tulane. So an away game you got to win the road games and they got all it's a big uh, one man yeah they got they got all the momentum for it right now this is the best they've looked all year in in a three-game stretch so i like what i'm seeing i think it just shows the potential and the coaching that making adjustments players responding finally and things are starting to fall their way so gotta take care of that uh keep that going tomorrow chad you mentioned it's a big game um, is, is the, the, the vibes that the team has right now, the it, kind of the ability that they've had to not only take care of, you know, the point scoring, but kind of the defense and the toughness that they've shown as well. That's got to bode solid for when they had on the road, such a quick turnaround from UCF, but still a Tuesday night game at Tulane. Uh, it's kind of bode well, kind of the, the emotions around the team right now. Sure. But you're going to have to do both against, Tulane. Tulane's a team that can score yeah. a lot. They can score in bunches. Mm-hmm. And they've got they've got a three-headed monster, very much like UC does. Two yep. guards and a big. Cincinnati's mm-hmm. guard, a wing and a big, but same same situation essentially. Yeah. Um Tulane is not a good defensive team. So you're going to have to, to put points on the board against them. You cannot come out and have a bad night offensively. Where you miss good looks. Right. You've got to make the looks you get. You've got to make your good looks. And you've got to play the level of defense that you've been playing over the past six weeks or so 
Um, do you know the Ken Palm metrics say since the start of conference play, Cincinnati has the number one defense in the conference? Yeah, they do. A defense better than Houston yep. in conference play? Mm-hmm. So they have to keep that up. That has to travel. They have to really shut down what Tulane wants to do <clears throat> and then be good on offense. Yeah, they're, I, they're number one defense efficiency, number one effective field goal percentage, number one offensive rebounding defense, which means yeah. limiting the other team from getting offensive rebounds, number one in two-point percentage defense, and then – they're they're forcing what, more threes. And three point percentage defense. Yeah, number three. Yeah, yeah, three. but but they're forcing teams to take threes, and then they're not limiting teams' ability to get assists that lead to field goals made. So, uh, they're honestly doing exactly what a lot of people probably didn't expect the team to do after some of the early defensive struggles that they had. Look, they were the the brutal on defense in November yeah. and and through most of December. They were brutal. Yep. Teams were getting whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Yep. And now they're playing together. They're playing connected. They've got a presence in Vic that is altering games at the rim. He's maybe not the most like explosive shot blocker in the world, but he's become a steady rim presence defensively for this team. They are recovering. They're playing gaps. They're playing positional defense really well. Like, I, I don't recall a team going from as bad as they were defensively early mm-hmm. to playing at the level defensively that they have been over the past couple of weeks. It's impressive. Like, it, you have to not only tip your cap to Wes, but tip your cap to the team for buying in without their two best defenders and saying, you know, we're buying what coach is selling. And we're going to turn into a good defensive team come hell or high water. Yeah, this is what I was expecting out of them to start the year. This is the kind of style of basketball I thought West Miller was going to bring. And I think it's just it's taken them a lot longer, maybe not to buy into it, but maybe just to resonate a little bit more with them and get them to really adjust well, the playing style around. Ryan, I think also, you, I mean, you have to take into consideration their two best defenders – have played a grand total of eight games or whatever it is. Like yeah. they were relying on, okay, we've got offense in Dave and Landers, and we think Vic is going to take a big jump on the offensive end. And then defensively, we'll have Fennessey and Newman to kind of round that out. Yeah. And the two defensive guys go out. Usually you don't recover from that, much yeah. less recover to play at the level that they're playing defensively late. Scary for next year. It's scary for going forward what we are seeing now that Wes Miller is getting buy-in from his guys, mm-hmm. like where this program can go if guys continue to buy in at this level. Yeah. Yep. I you know, another crazy thing to you know, Chad, we mentioned all those uh those stats that Cincinnati's defense has in conference play. The only defensive stats that they're kind of struggling in are turnovers and, and, and steal percentage. And you heard Wes in the in the post game talk about how he knew that that's something that they had struggled with up to that point. So they made it an emphasis heading into that UCF game. And what do they do? They record the most turnovers in Wes Miller's tenure, record the most steals since 2015. Uh, you know, it's just this, 
it's it's not just a coincidence that so many things have happened this season where you're saying it's the first time since yada yada that this is can you imagine how hard it is to do something that's the first time since quadri moore was on the team <laughs> man i don't miss that guy oh i miss him he's great <laughs> yeah. yeah but no it's it's crazy to think about that no. like fraud cobb was was the leading <laughs> stealer of that of that team well not you know the theft artist but if you will um but yeah it's it's not a coincidence that all this is happening with these teams. So it's uh it's really something that I like to see. Aaron, your thoughts a couple days removed. Cincinnati 73, UCF 64. They had a 16 point lead in the second half. It evaporated. Yeah. It evaporated. Yeah. Tied 60 all with two minutes left. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the game kind of started to get to it was it got really scary and they played better when Jeremiah Davenport fouled out. Um, that's not necessarily always going to be the case. It's not what I'm parading. But in this particular game, that was the case. Um, Micah was also not on his best game. That said, they overcame some shortcomings by a couple of guys and were able to finish strong. Um, especially, you know, we've covered it this entire conversation. But defensively, when you got – Vic with four steals. You've got Landers with five steals. I mean, 16 as a team is crazy, crazy. Vic's got, I mean, Chad and I talked about it, but Vic has hands that people just, I, I, I don't know how they don't know about it yet, but it, it, maybe they just aren't planning properly for how fast he is down low uh, or even coming up from behind, you know, one of the guards because he's poked a couple away from a guard bringing the, uh, the ball up court. <clears throat> he's not afraid to get in there and, see what happens. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's exciting uh, that, that we all know they're playing their best ball of the season. That's not a secret at this point. That said, it's a tough schedule coming up for the last seven games. And we talked about that too. I don't, I don't feel good that a lot of those big games are on the road with UCF, with Tulane, with uh, Memphis. Right. So We'll see what happens. You got to win those. Like, show me that you can win these games that you're supposed to win these big games that you're supposed to win. Right now, I, I haven't seen on the road this team win games that they need to win. So they're probably going to be underdogs in all of those yeah. games. Maybe they not are. UCF. Yeah. So you say they're supposed to win them. They need to win them. They're not supposed to win them. I mean, like you're supposed to no, want to be. I know what you said. You want to be the second best team in the conference, then be the second best team in the conference. They're one and a half point dogs tomorrow night, um, but you, you know I, I think it's kind of a like you can look at it both ways. I'm sure Tulane, UCF, and Memphis are also looking like wow, Cincinnati's catching their stride. They've got you know Landers Nolly's playing like a you know conference player of the year candidate. You know David Julius is playing like a six year senior that's putting the team on his back at times. Vic Lockins playing like he's going to be the best player. And the conference, maybe when it's all said and done, it's, it's just, it, I think it can go both ways. Yeah. So you, you know, you get a little haunted when you see those teams on the road, especially that since I is you know, their best road win is at Wichita state this year, but you also see it both ways. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of teams probably don't want to play Cincinnati the way that they've been playing, you know, over the past few games. So I don't know. I agree with you in a sense that yes, the, the tough games on the road are, are ahead, but I think the toughest games already came and went, and those were the Houston games. And 
now it's just about going out. And like you said, Aaron, I agree. They they aren't favored to win. I think they're one and a half point dogs for tomorrow, like I said. But still, it's it's one of those where if if you've known Cincinnati through and through, you're like, hey, they're gonna go two two lane, and they're gonna win this foot this I almost said football. They're gonna win this basketball game. <laughs> I, and and if it was football, they're gonna win that damn football game too. Um, I don't know. I I agree with you. As long Ryan, as it's not a nipper. Pain. Yeah. Well, but they didn't have a coaching staff then. So, but uh, Ryan. So, um, when it comes to t- playing a team twice, you know, whether it be how for for you guys, it would just be the AAC and then the AAC championship game. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. is it something different that you kind of take into that second game? Obviously, basketball is quite different with the amount of games that that come throughout the season. But you harp on. The, the strengths and the weaknesses that you had from the first matchup? Or do you kind of think, okay, it's a clean slate. Let's take a look at what this team has done in the game since. You look at what they did, what they exposed on your end, and what you exposed on their end. and then But it's going to come down to making adjustments because, I mean, it's not going to be the same game. The same things aren't going to play out. But you know their guys. You know, what, you know their sets maybe. You know what they, they lean on. And you're just going to be ready for that, but you just got to go play the game. And it's always hard to beat a team twice. It goes both ways. If so, it's just, you can't, you can't act like you're going to get the same performance, the same team exactly. But you know that, you know, at least a couple of, a couple of their things, or you know how maybe they're, how their guys looking to attack you or how their team in general is looking to attack you. So Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing crazy, but you do know a little bit. Yeah, because I always think it, it'll be interesting because every game from here on out is a team that Cincinnati's played already. So mm-hmm. kind of a uh, a quick glimpse to, hey, a month ago this happened. Let's go ahead and make sure to correct those. Aaron, do you remember that first two-lane game at all back in uh, December 29th? I mean, I remember that they held uh, the point guard – uh, his name evades me right now, but they held him to, I think, 15. Um, and he was their leading scorer at the time. I'm I'm sure he probably still is, but. Galen Cook, yeah. Yeah, he's there we go. a good, good player. There was, there were, I think, 43 fouls called throughout the entire game. Um, That's the biggest thing is you've got a, Tulane was what, 24 of 28 from the line in that one? Yeah. I, I it was think. something silly. Right. I, and and you see, still pretty much dominated the game, but like that—that's what even allowed them to to keep it somewhat respectable. Twenty-five and twenty-eight, yeah. But in in those games, it's like there's really no flow. You know what I mean? And I mean, since I was eighteen to twenty-four, but uh, I mean, the key in that game was was the players actually kind of been struggling a bit for Cincinnati recently, and that Mike Adams Woods had a had a great game. Um, but you know, if he can kind of return to the to the strength there <laughs> yeah ron hunter was was yeah that was interesting um awkward that was interesting inappropriate interesting. but i don't know it's uh i feel so long ago like that, that feels like it was ages ago but you know they're back and Kelly had only been in the hospital for two days yeah at that point in time that's how long ago that was yeah that was <laughs> That was the first uh, first game you weren't able to go to, Chad. Uh, so it was a 
a lot has happened since then. Let's just put it that way. A so, lot, a lot, a, a lot, lot, a lot. But you know, the Green Wave—they're—they're going to, like you said, they're going to score the basketball. Defense travels, rebounding travels. But the reality is, Cincinnati put up 88 in yeah, that first game. They did. 13 for Vic, 18 for Micah, 13 for Dave, 23 for Landers, 10 for Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Dan had seven. Odie had four. Like, they did not provide a, a whole lot of resistance. Cincinnati shot 50% from the floor. Shockingly, only 32% from three, eight of 25. Right. Like it, that could have been worse. That could have been a 95 point game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cincinnati was 18 of 24 from the line. Tulane was 25 of 28. There was just a shit ton of fouls. Right. 43 fouls in that game between the two teams. That's criminal for two good teams. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, that. Quickly looking at it, Tulane has only scored under 74 in one game since, and that was their loss at home to Houston, 80 to 60. I mean, they're, they're a team that's going to score. Uh, they play kind of that that frantic defense as well, uh, trying to turn yeah. you over a bunch. I mean, it's just, you know, it's Jalen Cook, Jalen Forbes, and Kevin Cross. Those three, that's, that's going to be the same three that go at you. They all average 15 or more points, and so yep. it's going to be – Mono e mano, and it it lines up exactly for DBJ lock one of them down, Micah lock one down, and Rob when you come in the game lock one of them down, and then Vic down low in the post. You and you and Kevin Cross. So I don't know. Should be uh, should be an exciting one. And then of course South Florida on Saturday night afterwards. So it's a chance to keep the ball rolling, man. Because I. College basketball is a little strange right now. And if, if Cincinnati can get hot the way that they've been playing recently, you know, I I feel like they would enter that AAC tournament, hopefully on the opposite side of where Houston is with a lot of momentum and see what happens. So anything else basketball wise that you guys are kind of, kind of feeling or thoughts on your, on your, on your brain that you need to express? Day Day, I didn't know that this was even possible. I guess there's a JUCO signing period right now, but Day Day made it official. Yeah, signs with Cincinnati, it. so that one is uh, that one's in the books. He is locked in, along with Jizzle and Ray. So uh, you've got your two guards and a wing that you needed in this class, and time to go out and get a big man. So, um, have you been on to talk Day Day yet? Was that before the BCJ pod? I'm trying to trying to think. He committed. I don't know. Yeah. Well, either way, thoughts on on Davion. Obviously, you've you've obviously been able to track the recruitment for quite a while. Um, I haven't watched what? him in person, unfortunately. Right. Um, I'm guessing I did in high school and didn't know it. Like, wasn't a right. guy that was on my radar. I know he played with Gigi Jackson, who's at South Carolina now, was the number one player in the class before reclassifying. Um. He's a downhill guard. He's an attacking, scoring guard. Right. Uh, and and Jizzle is Jizzle's a little bit more of a distributor uh, that that can also score. Where Day Day is more, you know, a bucket getter. Um, so I think you can play the two of them together. They're both they're little. If you play them together, it's you're losing a little bit of size, mm-hmm. but you're gaining aggressiveness. You're gaining quickness. You're gaining 
something this team lacks. I think they're last in the conference in free throw percentage in getting to the line. Like how much of your offense comes from free throws. Uh, and and you, you correct that by going out and getting guards that play downhill and play with, with strength. And uh, they, they definitely address that with these two guys. Uh, you've got a kid that's, that's shooting over 40% in Juco that that's going to obviously dip as the, the competition level rises, but he's tough. He's competitive. He's physical. Um, he can, he's got some bounce to him. He's got some athleticism to his game. So I think going to be a guy that really matches kind of what Wes Miller wants out of, you know, that point guard combo guard spot. Yeah. I mean, I, you look at probably, I think Wes would probably agree that his best player during his time at, at UNCG was Isaiah Miller. And he was an uber athletic downhill six foot guard that could jump out of the gym. I'm not saying that day day or Jizzle are that right now, but um, the, the fact that, you know, that's, that's kind of the prototype of, of the type of player that he had that, dominated during his time there is, is something right. to keep an eye out on, especially u- uber athletic um, defender dog, got that dog in him. Uh, I think it's uh, something that, that any team would like to inject. So I'm, I'm all here for it. Stamp yes. and then, and then mail mailbag, unless Aaron or, or Ryan, you have anything about day day? I'm excited to see him in the, White, black, and red. Dude, he, he dunks. On a fast break, he dunks. How about that? I love I, that shit. That, that is something I can't wait to see. Quick paper you supply. You're... Go ahead. I was just going to say, is that you still being bitter about the Landers and Ollie miss on the fast break dunk? No, that's me saying that Micah and Dave lay, lay it in on fast breaks. Okay. Which is good. I, I mean, two points is two points, but dunks are fun. Thanks, Berg. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They service over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Oh. All right. Mailbag is pretty really light, light this mailbag. week. Yeah, very light. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Of course you are. If you've got questions in the chat, fire them away. Give Aaron um, something to do. That's fine. All right. Um, the football portion of the mailbag. Do they have enough offensive tackles to round out an O-line, or does significant work still need to be done? I've been having trouble keeping up. Whatever happened with Luther Richardson, just for curiosity's sake. No idea. With Luther Richardson? Yeah, I have no I, idea I, I, about the O-line either. And Luther, I think, just said, like, oh, I should be getting looked at for the job to start. And No, he means, like, where's he at? Like, has he, has he committed oh. anywhere? His Twitter I can't went see dark. I think he had a good uh, reality check. Well, people anyway. people have been putting two two together that he would end up at UAB with uh, what's his name? I don't know that Dilfer, but he's he's not there yet. Right. 
he he screwed over Dilfer. Like you have to understand that too. Dilfer, as a coach, vouched for him to Luke Fickle. And from what I heard, when Luke called Trent Dilfer and was like, "Hey, he just the kid just left." Trent was pissed because that that projects bad on your high school, right? Like you've got this kid that just showed up somewhere, made it through a week of of camp and and bounced. Like I don't think it ended well between the Richardson family and Trent Dilfer. So I'm not shocked he's not at UAB. And I'm not shocked he hasn't found I mean, someone to take a risk on him because who's going to take a risk on a quarterback that red flag the first central. time the going gets tough, he just yeah. packs character up his shit and heads out. 100% character flaw there. Daddy did him no favors. Well, they they also did him no favors in the way that they they raised him. Like, you know, I I had heard a story that they like they, the team went to Kings Island for or for, for to Coney Island. For like a, a team day, right? To to go let off some steam and have some fun and play in the pool and do some water slides and Dante and did a cannonball, right? <laughs> and Luther sat over like in the corner by himself, like eating his his uh, meal prepped, like, like it was, yeah, broccoli rice and chicken. Just everybody else is having a good time, and he's sitting over there by himself, like. That that family did that kid no favors in the way that they prepared him for college. Because look, life is one thing when the kid is in your house every day or under your supervision every day in high school. But at some point in time, at some point in time, they have to go out into the real world. And if they're not ready for it, you make shitty decisions. And those shitty decisions can impact the rest of your life. Like Aaron and I watched that kid throw. Great arm. Throw. He could spin it, as the 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 dorks say these days. He could really throw. And if he doesn't ever get a chance again, or if he's somebody that just goes by the wayside without ever like really figuring out if football was part of his life, I feel bad for the kid. Like Fuck the parents. I, I I don't feel bad for them at all. They they screwed that kid. I feel bad for the kid. He's the one that's going to pay for it. Ryan, if the team went to Coney Island, would Joel DeBlanco pack his own chicken, rice, and broccoli? No. Okay. Just curious. <laughs> as far as offensive tackles go, I I'm excited to see if Cam Jones Cam Jones heals up. How he looks, because man, in that in that little Wired Wednesday with Mister Powell's daddy. It was uh, Cam Jones looking like a giant compared he, to he everyone is else. A monster. He looks like a monster. Sometimes right. it was, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Right. <laughs> that's what that's the what he'd be like sometimes. But uh, yeah. granted, when you got Myjay Sanders running at you and right. spearing you in the chest at full speed, you're not going to look very good. Any <laughs> anyone would. So. Facts, big facts, facts. but. I don't know. He he looked like an like an animal. Capiche? Okay. There you go. Capiche. Capiche. W, maybe that'll be his nickname in WWE, the animal. Wasn't or that a senior? No. <laughs> I like it. All right. Any more on the offensive tackles or O line? I I don't know. Like I I'm interested for the spring so that we can get a feel of like who is who is at those tackle spots. It's always hard because with a new 
Like we saw it last year with a new voice in the room. If you'd have asked me a month before spring football last year, you could have asked me 50 times and Joe Huber's name would not have come out of my mouth. Hmm. Yep. 50 times. And his name would right. not have come out of my mouth. Agreed. And he was a starting right tackle all season. It's because he was scared about all the all the sirens and yeah, all the bad things going on in Clifton, and he would he just didn't see him around that much. Moving on, all the ambulances. <laughs> uh, if you were one hundred percent assured by a secret NFL source that five Bearcats would be drafted in this year's draft, what would be the names of those five Bearcats? Josh Wiley, Warren yeah, Taylor, pretty... Trey Tucker. Oh, Tyler left? Scott, Ivan Pace. Tyler Scott, Ivan Pace, yeah. Those would be the – I think that's the pretty easy five, right? Cut and dry. I, I don't think it's guaranteed that those five are drafted, but if I had to go to betfredsports.com and place a wager on, you know, five Bearcats get drafted, name them, those would be the five. Yeah, I, don't I think wouldn't be shocked team. to see Bari work his way into something. Arquan would surprise me. Arquan wouldn't surprise me. Arquan's invited to the combine. Yeah, so he's going to get his like guys that the percentage of guys that go to the combine that get drafted is very high. So if you too, if you were going with five though, I don't know that I would put Arquan above any of the five that you've mentioned. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's what I meant by that. Yeah. Do I think there's a decent chance that that Arquan gets drafted? I, I, better than better than zero. Either way, I think he'll end up on a roster of, of yeah, that. For sure. Yeah. For sure. For All sure. right. That, that's the entirety of the football portion of the mailbag. Hey, you guys can step your damn game up. Come Let's on. go football. Woo! Yeah, football. Yeah. I love football. All right. Yeah, so for, for basketball. Football. <laughs> I love this screen name. Lucy loves banana. That's fantastic. It's, it's uh, my favorite all-time Lucy nickname. Lucy loves on the bananas. No, just banana, singular. Uh, this one. Okay. Two questions, plural. Uh, number one, from January second, twenty twenty-three until today, the cats are fifteen in efficiency according to bartervic.com. And number Bart nine Torvik. in defense. Bartervic. 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 In defensive efficiency. It's actually Vic's. It's actually Victor Lockins. It is Victor uh, Lockins. Yeah. Metrics. Uncle. Website, yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, in your assessment, what has been the biggest reason for Wes Miller's development of this team into a top 10 defense of late? One, I think the biggest challenge, as we talked about a little earlier, was figuring out how they were going to defend without Rob and without John. Mm-hmm. And that change meant relying less on individually high-end defenders and relying more on communication your communication defending ball screens, your communication in rotations, your communication, you know, in rim protection and where guys are. Basically, that's a long way around saying they're playing as a unit. They're kind of playing as one defensively like elite defenses do. Like Ryan will tell you, like when, when UC had an elite defense, yes, they had great talent. But more than anything, everybody knew specifically, this is my role. This is why it's my role. This is what I'm asked to do. 
And if I step outside of that, I'm probably going to screw up what somebody else is supposed to be doing. The unit. I agree, Sam. Headband, headband Vic is the reason they're playing better. Headbands make everything better. Everything? Everything. <laughs> I'll take that into advice. Ryan, playing as a unit defensively. <laughs> You're saying the team, the team, the team. Together, everyone achieves more, Ryan. Oh, that was such a – I can't believe Coach Vic picked such a corny-ass <laughs> saying. I felt like I was in, like, fifth-grade gym class. <laughs> it just The guy had too much sauce. What can you say? That's worse, though. So we, we, we got some work to do here. <laughs> worse than uh, hold the rope. Worse than hold the rope? Yeah, that's the worst slogan in the history of UC football. Oh, really? Hold the rope. Or rep the sea. Those are both terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Rep the sea, not quite as bad. How about brick by brick? What are your thoughts on brick by brick? Just so so lame. It's a it's a it's a church song. It's terrible for basketball. And brick. <laughs> Aaron made it funny. Uh, what did, did Aaron say? I said it's terrible for basketball if that's your slogan. Brick by brick. I like that. Good job. Uh, did you want to hear my thoughts on defense? I think what it is is your star players buying in. That's 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 a big thing for me. I think you see buy-in from Landers, buy-in from Dave, and buy-in from Vic. And I think that then becomes contagious. And when your when your star players are the ones buying in on the defensive end, everyone else is going to as well. Best players got to be your leaders. Amen. That's why you were always a leader. Amen. Amen. And the second part of the question, uh, while highly unlikely and improbable, follow me for a minute. If the Cats win the remainder of the regular season games, they would likely climb to top 50 in Ken Palm with the following records, five and seven in Q1, Q2 games, and no Q4 losses. Added another one or possibly two Q1, Q2 wins in the conference tournament. And I think there's an outside chance for this team to still get an at-large bid if everything oh. goes right. Thoughts? Lucy loves banana. It, hey, you're, you're talking my language now. I don't they would be on the they would still be on the outside looking in, but they would we talked about this last night. They would at least be in the conversation. I mean, I looked at the bubble and it's always let me guess, the bubble is bad. No, well, oh yes. Oh I wouldn't say bad. I would say horrendous, like horrible. Uh like very bad. And you you know, you think Cincinnati lacks quality wins. A lot of these teams that are projected in. They don't have any quality wins. Maybe one, like, really good win to hang their hat on. I guess that's the only thing Cincinnati doesn't have at this point is one really good win to, to hang their hat on. Um, that NKU loss is going to haunt everyone's dreams for a while. But uh, it's like walks. But I think if they if they went out and make it to the conference tournament championship, I think they're in the exact same boat that Texas A and M was in last year, where they're like thinking they're going to make it, and if they but make they it, I, well, hey. I'm saying if they make it, then hey, the committee got it right. If they didn't make it, then they're wrong. But yeah, Maybe I think Aaron just doesn't like too much sauce because Davenport wears 24. Oh. It's really psychoanalyzed things here. That's actually a good I point. Don't, I don't hate Jeremiah Davenport. I just said they, they played. Doesn't say hate. He was... Just doesn't like. 
Well, I said that I hated the too much for sauce. <laughs> just felt like it just felt like a reach. Anyway, grandpa. That's fine. I mean, it'll be a bunch of a bunch of teams with like 12 and 13 losses. Yeah. I, you know, and and you're going to be like, "Okay, do we let this team in that has 13 losses, but they have one more quad one win than Cincinnati has?" No, right? the thing is, if Cincinnati wins out, they'd be 14 and 4 in the American. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, if if that's the math, then yeah. I mean, they're seven and four right now. Right. So if they win the next seven games, they'd be fourteen and four. Right. And then okay. you add a pair of conference tournament wins. Sixteen. Would they win six and seven in the out of conference? Seven and four. Uh, they were nine and four. No. Yeah. Thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So nine and sixteen. That would be twenty-five wins. A twenty-five win team in the Americans probably going to find a way in. Twenty-five and nine. I mean, remember that Wichita State team like three years ago that yeah. that was in the first four. They had like one decent win. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting. Maybe I'm a bit off there because you do have to remember the bubble sucks every year. Every year. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to win the next seven. They'd have to essentially not only win the next seven, but two after that. That would be nine, and they've won two since Houston. They're gonna, they're gonna go eleven, 11 and one. Tear. Eleven game tear. They'd be the hottest team in the country. Everyone's talking about them. Put them in. All right. Can they win on the road? Tulane, then Memphis, then UCF. Possible, but a tall order for this team. Let's get one big W against Memphis at home. But do you think they can win? All three of those games on the road, Tulane, UCF, and Memphis. Basically, what he's saying at the end is they let a big one against Memphis at home get away from them. Uh, Aaron says no, they'll they'll never win a road game again. Ever. In the history of the program. (laughs) That would be bad. Even though I think they'll, even though I think they'll beat ECU at ECU in their. That's not. That's what I said. They, 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 ECU doesn't count. For any they don't exist. They don't exist. And look, in five weeks, ECU they no longer exists. Can't wait. They no longer exist. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. All right. Um, in no, between Cincy, UCF, Houston, BYU, which school is in the best position to make the biggest splash in the Big 12 standings in year one, considering the combined performance of the football and basketball programs only? You know what's interesting in this question? What do we think Houston is going to be like next year in basketball? Jarris Walker's going to the NBA. Yes. Sasser's gone, yes. right? Yeah, I think Shed is gone. Shed's back. Shed's back. Okay. They they'd have Shed, Mark, Arsenault, Juan Roberts. Roberts, I think, is still there. Unless any of these guys decide to go pro, Shed might. I don't think Shed will go pro. He's like, he's short. Um, I those they'll they'll be okay. They'll probably be the still be the best of those four in basketball, right? But Dana's going to get Dana. We already know what Dana looks like in the Big Twelve. 
drunk. It, it's bad. Well, yeah, he always looks drunk. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know that any of them are going to be. I, I mean, since he obviously got Cincinnati, obviously got the most favorable schedule. Like, I think we've talked about that a lot when it comes to like who of the four got the best schedule in football, Cincinnati. Um, I don't know. I, I think everybody's going to be kind of mid. I agree. Football but would be I, lucky to be over 500. I think people just don't give enough jump. credence to the fact that it's one, a big jump and two, it, 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 it doesn't happen instantly. It doesn't happen instantly. So you're going to have to learn your opponents. You're going to have to learn, like, what does our style look like against a new set of opponents? Like, you know, I I think they're all going to be kind of mid. And one or two of them are probably going to be bad in mm-hmm. both sports. <coughs> Hopefully you're right. Yeah, I mean, I but the, the thing also in, in basketball and what we've been harping on is the fact that you're now recruiting in the portal with the Big 12 next to your name. So sure. Houston's got deep pockets with with their, you know, boosters as well. And Kelvin Sampson's Kelvin Sampson. So I'm sure they'll possibly be able to add a name or two in the portal as well. So um, I would say that, yeah, Houston basketball would be the only one that would have the ability to, to jump up and of, play with the top. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, as much as this year's team has had its ups and downs, I do truly love watching them when they play as a team. Who is slash was y'all's favorite Bearcat to watch play basketball at UC? Mine is a tie between Gary Clark and Kyle Washington. Hmm. Gary Clark was mine. I, I still think it's Eric Hicks. Hicks was just such an animal. And he was so scary and intimidating. I mean, yeah, like Kenyon is the easy answer. Yeah. Logan, you know, Nick Van Exel, John Kilpatrick. Like there's a lot of names, but man, I just, especially that, that year in the Big East that Hicks got where he was six, four and a half and going up against all the, the big dudes from the Big East mm-hmm. and was first, you know, pretty much unanimous first team all Big East. Like, I just the heart that that dude played with. I love me some air kicks. Concussion in the first half, came back, dominated the second half. Yeah, doesn't remember it for a second. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Hicks obviously. Um, Max Seals in the same vein. Outside of all those those high, you know, names Schwartzen. that that uh, yeah, like the the go to names that right. you mentioned, Chad. Um, mine is Tony Bobbitt. I I'm glad you, you didn't that, steal mine. I'm glad you didn't steal mine. I tell you what, man. I just remember Tony hitting some some big shots and like just going nuts. And I mean, like Tony Bobbitt, like Field Williams was was that same. Why didn't time. you stop? Why didn't you stop? At oh. Tony Bobbitt. Oh, oh, well, just forget I said Field, but Tony <laughs> Bobbitt. I mean, he had that game against Oregon. It was like a neutral court game. He dropped like twenty three and. Dickie V was like, Tony Bobbitt, baby. He's phenomenal. And I was just Dime, like, yeah. Diamond Tony diaper Bobbitt. dandies. I, and then, who knows? I, I, I saw Tony at Kings Island. I said, Tony, I love you. You're great. And, uh, yeah, he signed my shirt. I liked Field Williams uh, because 
first off, he had his first name on the back of his jersey. Nobody did that. Um, second, he was always huge from the corner, big threes all the time, like before the th- everyone fell in love with the three. So it wasn't like that was all the game was. Um, I, I don't know. He was exciting to watch and just – I felt like he just made everything. Yeah. 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 So – I mean, gosh, I, we could keep going, but I just had to throw out one. Just one. All right. Um, this probably should have been in the banks, but this is the last one I'll read for the basketball. Uh, instead of trying to think of a brain-tingling basketball question, I thought I'd share a really good joke I heard from my boss friend today, which also happened to be from The Last of Us in last night's episode. Uh, yep. Did you know that diarrhea runs in the family? Yes, it runs in the genes. So good. Hilarious. That is really good. That was actually. I personally hate pun jokes. I think they suck. They never make me laugh. Thank you for sharing. Nothing against you. (laughs) Ryan, what's an 80-year-old man's penis smell like? Old dick. Depends. (laughs) All right. And one last question from... (laughs) From the Banks portion of the mailbag, uh, of course, it's Skins. Who is the best former Bearcat walk or Bearcat walk-on turned scholarship player who has a podcast? And why is it Royer? I know the answer is Jason Kelsey. You're a traitor. Geez, Skins. It's Royer. Pull the <laughs> pull the freaking carpet out from underneath. All right. Team. I mean, it <laughs> could be Statty. Could be Statty. Statty, yeah. Daddy. yeah. Okay. Rapid fire, waffle cone or regular cone for ice cream? I'm going waffle, waffle. cone. Are we talking waffle. like cake, yeah. cake regular cone or? No, just a regular yeah. cone. Like a little like tiny sh- regular. Like, a sugar like one. you pull out of the dispenser, uh, the a little sugar, sugar cone. Sugar. Waffle. Waffle, for sure. Sugar, sugar cone sucks. Yeah. I'm more of a cup. I'm, I like a cup. I am going cup. You don't like to lick it? No. <laughs> God, motherfucker said ice cream. That's the spoon. He'd be licking the spoon. God is. The second question is unreal. Uh, contracting clap or eating at a table in an Italian restaurant after Rick Pitino just finished at the same table? Oh, well, here's the problem if you eat at a table where Rick Pitino just finished, you're also going to get the clap. So it's at least I get an Italian dinner with with the latter. <laughs> what is the re- what's the reference? I don't understand that one. Just Google. Uh, just Google Rick, Rick Pitino. Pitino had, had uh, relations relations, what? relations with a woman in the booth of an Italian restaurant in Louisville. Lasted it about lasted. fourteen seconds. Yeah, I think I think it was less than fourteen. No, fifteen was the what they did. That was fifteen fed? seconds. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, so it said the question says finish. So I'm guessing that just he finishes meal and you're eating after. So I, I'm gonna go ahead and just I'm gonna eat where <laughs> Rick Pitino just finished eating it. Yeah, you're gonna get the clap either way. So he, you might, he might well have it. He, he might Pacini. also be a vampire. So it, who knows what he was actually eating at this Italian restaurant? So I'm not getting into that. Just saying, he might be a vampire. Uh, <laughs> Friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I hate them both. 
equal. I've seen they're both funny. I, I don't get the hate on like sitcoms. Like they're just supposed to be light and funny. I, I generally laugh. I, I like most of them. I like How I Met Your Mother and The Big Bang Theory. And like I, I don't take sitcoms too seriously. I take them for what they are, and they're supposed to be just funny. So, yeah. But Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, P.S. It was good to see you back in action, Chad. Hopefully, things continue on a good trajectory for Kelly. Uh, there was one question I saw in the chat. I think. Yep. Fake uh, John Goble wants to know: no, there, there Does Aaron look more like Cheddar Bob from Eight Mile? DiCaprio from The Revenant, or in a few years when Aaron inevitably loses his hair, flee from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think the last one is the answer. Cheddar Bob all the way. <laughs> Let me look them all up. Uh, there's other actual questions here. Uh, everyone's favorite question, any new information on the apparel deal and when we might see an announcement? If I had new information on that, you think I'm just sitting on it? Just, just chilling with it. Yeah. Something that would generate more uh, interaction than anything we've posted in since Luke Fickle left. Like, yeah, I'm just sitting on it. No, there's, there's unfortunately, there's okay. nothing new yet. We're working on it. Oklahoma and Texas do not have 2023 Big 12 schedule posted. Every other Big 12 team does. Is there any chance Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12 in 2023? No, there's a chance they don't leave in 2024. Right now, like that, no, they they are playing in the Big 12 in 2023. They're just throwing a fit. They're just bitter. Yeah. I saw someone say like every single team created a graphic or a GIF showing their new or a video showing their new schedule. They just retweeted. But all they did was just retweet the Big 12's tweet of the schedules. They're mad. They're big mad. Sour. Do you think I'm sitting on it? Is that a reference to some Jordan Nike shorts you're wearing, Chad? I don't have Jordan Nike shorts on. I'm on to you. I have a pair, but I don't have them on right now. I've got on a pair of joggers. Uh, that's the mailbag. Very good. Very good. And I would say the, the best Bearcats walk-on, uh, maybe basketball walk-on, you go Connor Barwood. Because he did walk on to the basketball team, even though he was a scholarship football player. He loved hoops that much. It was so bad, Ryan. Like they needed him so bad. Like it, it he had it, it, he had to guard Greg Oden and Joey Dorsey. And Joey Dorsey at the time was this seven foot dude from Memphis that was just an absolute monster. And they couldn't move Barwin. Like he actually <laughs> held his own. It was laughable. I, I always like I always talk about the difference between football and basketball. You learned when you saw Connor Barwin play basketball. Because when Connor Barwin was on a football field, he was yoked. Like the biggest, strongest, baddest looking dude on the football field. And then he went out and he had to play center because they didn't have any players in Mick's Why? first year. When Huggins left and Mick took, when Huggins left, Kennedy didn't get retained. Mick takes over. They had one scholarship player. Hmm. So they brought in a bunch of JUCOs. Mick knew, like, okay, I've got to get a roster for now, but i got to start building long-term. So they brought Connor in to play. Connor played the AK year, or was on the team the AK year, right? I think at some point, like later in the season, and then came back for Mick's first year. And I, I just, you know, 
He was at, he was he was a decent basketball player. He just here. Let me see. If I'm sure the fans it. loved it, didn't that? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I think after I think it was after Armin got hurt. Yeah, he he Andy, joined the basketball team. Andy said we need some people for practice. Yeah. And that's when, because they had like Ron Allen on the team and stuff, and yeah, they uh, and then that's when him and, and Angelo then he came Craig, back. yeah, remember that one? Yeah, oh yeah, they both joined the team, and then so Ryan, do you know who Greg Oden is? Yeah, yeah. So Odin on Barwin, they're playing downtown Indianapolis. I'm at the game, and I'm like, Cincinnati's gonna shock the world, and I see Barwin guarding Odin, and I'm just like, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to go well. Was that when Ohio State went to the Natty? That is, yeah. I was like, yeah. Deontay Vaughn could not possibly score enough points to win this game. <laughs> he didn't. Barwin held his own, surprisingly. Like, obviously, he wasn't good. Right. But for a 6'3", 6'4", center playing in the Big East, like, he held his own. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Look, Rob Banks started over an NBA first round pick. So, so Banks is the best walk on ever. Maybe that is. Maybe that does tilt things to Rob Banks. And Aaron, who has been pissed off the entire show, is now ready to throw his computer at the wall. Get us out of here, Because we had Tari. Anyway, all right. Um, well, guys, that's a beautiful show. Special mm-hmm. thank you, as always. To our guys, Chad, show him the hat. Is the hat off now? Oh. Yeah, I've, I've got him right here. Our boys. Over at Danco Transmission. Not okay. Danco Joe. Tell him what's up. Shout out to him. Thank you to him. Quick paper supply time stamps. Quick paper supply. Thank you to you. Of course, thank you for Luke Winston. Bet Fred. Hopping on. Bet Fred Sports. Thank you for hopping on. This week, remember, Tuesday night, big game against Tulane. Saturday night, big game against South Florida. And then, of course, the Kelsey Bowl featuring. Are you sure South Florida Saturday? I thought it was ECU. No, it's South Florida Saturday night. Okay. Okay. At 7 p.m., I believe. 7.30 maybe. ECU's Wednesday. Third arena. Oh, ECU's Wednesday the 15th. That's right. I screwed That's that right. up. That's on me. Yep. Kelsey Bowl. That's on me. My bad. Cook. So, hey, as always, a bunch of Cincinnati stuff, Bearcats from here until there. But for my broadcast buddies, good pals, I am Brent Young. Yet again, this is another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!